Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Tyler J. McCall, and we'll explore how to use Instagram stories for business. Goldmine episode. You're definitely going to want to pay attention to this one. By the way, want to reach me? Email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool automated video creation tool called Lumen5. Lumen5. Tell me more. Yes. So Lumen5 is actually something I I saw Chris Brogan use once, and I thought, that looks amazing. Let's try this. And so what it does is, and, and this is the really cool part, I took a URL of a social media examiner article, dropped it in to its discovery engine, and it then parsed that article and started to create slides and video transitions and everything uh, throughout the entire article uh, in its creation process. And so then I was able to, from that point forward, go into each individual slide and swap out different uh, screenshots or uh, you know the text or icons and the background images add transitions. I mean, this thing is pretty powerful. So help me understand, is it scraping just the graphics or is it the graphics and the text? The graphics and the text, yes. So it's taking an article and it's somehow creating like a slideshow kind of experience out of it? Yeah, it's like a slideshow experience. And in the, in the end, you can export it out as a video. So I mean, literally what we could do is we could drop in an article, go through, take, you know, half hour, create a customized video that is kind of like a slideshow with the highlights, hitting the highlights of that article Hmm. and export it out as a video and then upload that somewhere. Does it include special transitions and effects and stuff like that? Or is that an option? All of that. Yeah. It's got, it's got all those different kinds of effects and music and media. And there's a ton of copyright free media that's also inside of the system that you can select from. So like, once in a while, it, I would go and, you know, because you don't want to use the same exact icons or everything, you know, for every single slide. Uh, so I would swap out, like, in some places it would switch over and I would make it look like it was a, uh, it was the word Facebook, but spelled out in Scrabble tiles. Oh, or, cool. Yeah, I mean, tons of tons of really cool stuff. There was another one where the background image, it was the, the text of the article was talking about creating a certain type of plan or strategy. So I went in and saw that, according to that language, it had already decided that a great background image for that that was somewhat transparent and faded out was a big blackboard with a bunch of different writing and planning and stuff written on it. And I was just, huh. oh, well, that one's good as it is. Let's leave that one. So Interesting. So is this a desktop app? It's a desktop app. and it's Or is it a browser? Is it a browser thing? I should say it's a browser. Yes, okay. it's a browser. So you'd go to, you know, use any browser and go to that lumen5.com site is five is five spelled out or is it the number five it's the number five yes good call 
got to make sure to include that. So once you paste in the URL, how long does it take to actually generate the movie? It does not take long. I mean, the movie part is the back end after you've finalized all your different slides and your transitions and things. Hmm. And that can take a little bit of time, but it begins immediately. Like you, you immediately jump into on the left hand side, you've got your article and all the text is there and you can kind of scroll down. And then on the right hand side, it's showing the corresponding text and headlines or not headlines, uh, subheads huh. and different, you know, line breaks and different things like that. So yeah, you can get to you can get to work immediately once you drop a link in. Interesting. So what's the cost on this thing? Yeah, so the price on this varies. There is a free version that is, you know, just literally free. There's a certain amount of like it's a 480p video quality limit on that one. Uh, but you can create unlimited videos and huh. So, you know, this could be worthwhile for creating videos inside of a presentation or that you're just going to show somewhere in a, you know, a conference room, that kind of a thing. Uh, it does go up then that there's a pro version that's $49 a month. But again, there and then there's a business level that's 99 a month. And those just those increase the, you know, the quality of the video, what you have access to, um, in terms of different tools and things inside of the system. And obviously, like a lot of companies do, there's an annual billing that cheapens the cost per month right. as well. Very fascinating. Awesome, Eric. Thanks for bringing us that brand new discovery. You're welcome. And now for today's interview with Tyler J. McCall. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tyler J. McCall. If you don't know who Tyler is, he is an Instagram marketing expert who is focused on Instagram strategy. His membership community is the Follower to Fan Society, and he also co-hosts the Recurring Revenue Podcast. And if you have extra listening room on your podcast listening schedule, be sure to add the Recurring Revenue Podcast to your listening curriculum. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Mike. I'm so excited to be here. I was spacing on what to say, so I just threw out curriculum. So I love it. I love it. We're always learning, right? It's that, always more curriculum. You got it. So today, Tyler and I are going to explore uh, Instagram stories and particularly strategy around Instagram stories. Speaking of stories, let's start with your story. Tyler, how did you get into Instagram? Feel free to start wherever you want. Yeah, so... My my love of Instagram started doing the side hustle thing, which I'm sure many of your listeners can identify with. So I was working full-time in the nonprofit world. That's what I did before doing what I do now. Um, I did that for close to eight years doing nonprofit marketing, management, volunteer recruitment, fundraising, sale, all kinds, everything in the in the nonprofit world. I pretty much did it for about eight years. And while I was doing that, I had a side business, a handmade business, where I was making a room and linen spray called Mr. McCall's Fine Fragrances, which was a great name, by the way. Don't don't steal it if you're listening. I so it was it name. like a Febreze kind of thing or something? It was like a it was like a little bit of a hippy dippy, you know, handmade Febreze. Exactly. Huh. Yes. And I made it on my kitchen table. And I used essential oils I got from God knows where. And I printed the labels on the copy machine at work. Like, <laughs> so it's like back in the day, I was trying to figure out how to make this thing work on the side. And I didn't know how to market it. So I turned to Instagram. And at the time, this was kind of at the beginning of 
the influencer age of Instagram that we're in right now. Just and out I, of curiosity, how, what year approximately do you think this yeah, was? Yeah, so this would have been 2000, 2014, 2015. So about three years ago, three or four years yeah, ago. Okay. Yeah. So I, it was at a time where I was just following a ton of different people on Instagram and I loved their content. And a lot of them tended to be home bloggers, lifestyle bloggers, some travel folks, that type of content. And I was just communicating, excuse me, communicating with people, building relationships, having conversations, commenting on their content. And when I launched this product, I didn't know how to get it out there. So I just started sending these people who at the time, I mean, they had tens, hundreds of thousands of followers, sending them direct messages saying, hey, I made this thing. If I send you some, will you try it and let me know what you think? Hmm. And they all said yes. They were like, yeah, of course. I mean, this was before the age when you could be like, oh, yeah, it'll be $1,000 for, right, right. <laughs> for one post. Um, so I sent out a ton of this product, and I was started getting reviews back. And then the cool thing happened where they all started posting about it on their Instagram account. And I thought, well, there's something to this, right? There's something to be said here. So I started building that business. I built that business over about a course of a year doing uh, online sales, doing in-person sales. And then toward the end of 2015, um, I decided that the the nonprofit world, while it was magical and lovely and I love my time there, it was time to to pursue something else. So I started doing some on-the-side social media management for people, really focused on Instagram. Instagram was the thing I knew. It's the thing I loved. And over time, I uh, left my full-time job, started a small agency with a, with a close friend in business. She and I ran that for about a year, and we did mainly working with local business, helping them use Instagram through content creation, account management, and then also some coaching. And then that business ended after a year. We went our separate ways. And I just really leaned into the Instagram thing and put all my time and energy into not only building a presence for myself on Instagram, but working with local and national clients to build their own presence on the platform as well. And then today, that's when I get to teach. I get to teach how to use Instagram in a really intentional way to grow the right kind of community so then you can grow your business and sell more online. Excellent. So when did you start getting involved with Instagram stories? Just out of curiosity. Okay. I love that question because when Instagram stories came out, so August, 2016, I had just, I had just got on Snapchat and I was following all of these Snapchat. And it was hot. That's when it was really hot, right? It was really hot. That's when, you know, the, the snap spectacles came out. That was, uh, I don't know if you know, Mike, that summer of 2016, wow. Air, the Icelandic airline did this crazy cool Snapchat. Uh, marketing campaign for the whole summer. They picked people, I think they picked five or six influencers and they flew them all around the world to take over their Snapchat for the whole summer. Mm. And I was so inspired and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the Snapchat thing. I'm going to figure it out. And I, I am serious in telling you the next week Instagram stories dropped and I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed <laughs> because I was just getting ready. I was like, I had my Google Doc with all my Snapchat ideas. I was so ready to do the Snapchat thing. And here came Instagram stories. So I really kind of ignored it for the first couple of weeks. I was just, I was a little bit bitter. But then after that, I started showing up on Instagram stories really regularly and quickly, quickly realized that there was something to this Instagram stories thing. I mean, the connections I was, I was making, the relationships I started developing, the sales that started coming into my business, the people getting on my mailing list, into my Facebook group, people joining my programs, booking me for coaching. 
all through Instagram. And it was all because I was showing up on Instagram stories pretty consistently. And now I'm at a place in my business where I'm on Insta stories every day, virtually every day, creating some kind of content for my followers. That's awesome. And we're going to get into that a little bit here. Um, so let me ask this question. Let, that's a perfect transition. Um, for everyone who's listening right now, and there's an enormous amount of marketers listening right now, mm-hmm. what's the why behind Instagram stories? Oh, such a good question. So here's the thing. I know that Instagram stories seem like it's another one of those things we have to keep up with, right? It's another platform, another place we have to create content. But when you look at how valuable they are within the world of social media marketing, and especially within the world of Instagram, you'll see that there's such an important place for your business or brand to be showing up. So I think the first thing we need to recognize is of all social platforms, Instagram continues to come out on top as the most engaging platform. It's where people are engaging the most. They are actively engaging with content. And what I love about it is that it's this platform where you can easily find your ideal customer or client. And that's difficult on a platform like, you know, where you can do it organically. I guess that's important to specify here. You can do it easily and organically. So when I look at why Instagram stories are so important, I just look at the numbers. Like I look at the stats related to Instagram. So, I mean, the first thing is knowing at the time of us recording this right now, Instagram has over 800 million monthly active users. And we are on the eve of a big Instagram announcement, which I imagine is going to be that 1 billion active user mark. Um, over, Over 500 million people are on Instagram every single day. But here's the stat that I love. It's the fact that over 300 million of those daily active users are on Instagram stories. So over half of Instagram's daily active users are using Instagram stories. And I love to think of Instagram stories as a platform within a platform. And I think it's really the most important platform because so many people are using it. But here are the two stats that I always point to of if you haven't done it yet, here are some some things you need to consider. The first is that Instagram has reported that one in five Instagram stories leads to a direct message. Hmm. So for me, that is a huge that's a huge thing to think about because if you could t- if you're telling me as a business owner and as a marketer that 20% of the time when I create some content, it's going to open up the opportunity to have a conversation with my potential customer or client without me having to do any sales, any promote, anything other than just creating some content and opening up that dialogue. That is a huge win for me. And then the other thing is Instagram stories have led to users spending on average 15 minutes more per day on Instagram itself. People are consuming stories like crazy. And it's just, you know, Instagram's doing an incredible job of really featuring businesses and brands that are doing this really well. There's so many creative ways to use it. But what we're noticing, what I'm noticing as an Instagram marketer, a lot of one of my students are noticing and other folks in the space are noticing is that user habits are shifting from scrolling through the feed like Instagram used to be to just watching Instagram stories. People are consuming Instagram stories in crazy amounts. They're spending so much more time on the app than ever before consuming those Instagram stories. And if you're not there as a business or brand, and also here's the other thing, Mike, we know that over 80% of Instagram users are following brands and that over 200 million Instagram users are looking at a business profile every single day. So again, Almost half of Instagram's daily users are looking at business profiles every single day. If you're not showing up on Instagram stories, you're going to get forgotten. You're going to get lost. And that's one of the biggest hazards to us as businesses and as marketers is being forgotten by our followers. So Instagram stories allow us to stay top of mind and open up a door for conversation. Um, They also 
kind of allow you to connect with people, I think, in a in a way that is a little more authentic. Don't you agree? Because if they're not, they don't, I get the sense they don't need to be as polished as, mm-hmm. as what everything else is on Instagram. Do you find that to be true? 100%. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of what people are seeing, especially in the entrepreneur space, solopreneur space, personal brand space, is if you try to do Insta stories and do them in a really curated and professional way, like so many people are obsessed with the curated nature of their Instagram feed. If you try and do that on Instagram stories, it doesn't get you as far because that's not what Instagram stories are for. You're totally right. It's for that more honest, genuine, authentic look into your business or your life or your product or your process, those types of that type of content. And it allows you to kind of lift that veil a little bit and let people peek behind the curtain. So that relationship with them is taken to an even more intimate level than you can do through just, you know, a picture and a feed on Instagram itself. Now, most Instagram stories, you start watching it and it just starts rolling right into the next person's story, right? So how do they decide the order, the sort order? Do you know how that works at all? Oh, that's a really great question. You know, Instagram hasn't given us you know, you know how these how right. these social networks are. They don't give us all the all the details. But you know, Instagram has recently said that they they've kind of been on a little bit of a PR campaign demystifying the algorithm because a lot of users have been algorithm haters for the past six to twelve months. Um, and what they've said is that it is a completely unique experience for every single user, and they're looking at a few key factors to determine when you are served content. But it's really based on how you're traditionally engaging with a certain individual's content. Also, the amount of time that you spend on the app really influences the content that you see. So for example, someone like me who is on Instagram probably for a couple of hours a day, I'm seeing a lot more fresh content than someone who's only logging on for a few minutes a day because Instagram has to do a really good job of only showing them like the top few things that they're interested in. Whereas for me, they'll show me whatever the heck they want because they know they have me for hours of the day, of the day. So it's a really unique. And that's true uh, with stories as well as as well as the feed, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Totally. You say? Yeah, it's totally true. So what I have noticed and what my students have noticed too is if you do watch someone's, it it kind of, they speak to one another. Like if you start watching someone's story and you're engaging in their story, you're answering their polls, you're, you know, replying to them via direct message, more than likely you're, you're going to start seeing more of their traditional posts in the feed. As you're scrolling through, you're going to start seeing their content. The same thing goes if you all of a sudden start engaging with someone's content. Like if you just pick a random person on Instagram that you're following, go to their account, leave some likes, leave a few comments, immediately you're going to see start, you're going to start seeing more of their older content showing up in your feed. And there's a chance that they'll they'll kind of be bumped up in the order of Insta stories. Um, one nice thing is that Instagram stories do, it does kind of refresh every time you go into the app for people who have added new content to their story. So if there's someone that you always watch their stories, as soon as they add new content, they're going to be bumped up further in their Insta stories. So you're not going to lose out on people if you know, you're away from the app for a few hours or even a day or so. Yeah. And you know, it seems to me as if I know that there's a lot of marketing marketers right now that are thinking to themselves, man, I got to create content for all the different social platforms, you know, I got to create my graphics. I, I uh, maybe go live on Facebook and maybe ask some questions over on this social platform. Now I got to figure out how to do this vertical video story. (laughs) (laughs) How in the world do I balance it all? Right. And what do you want to say to them? I I think there's a, there's a few ways that you can make Insta stories work really well for you. That, that doesn't mean you have to always be in this 
this place of overwhelm with content creation. I mean, one of the best ways to use them is through content repurposing. So, I mean, Mike, you and I both know there are all these incredible marketers out here creating Facebook lives, like you said, YouTube shows, even, you know, pre-recorded Facebook shows, blog content, podcasts, and they're just creating this content and they're putting it out one time and they're not doing anything else with it. And it's just such a, uh, it's just such a waste of content where you can repurpose it for so many platforms. So I would encourage folks who, if you want to get into using video on Instagram, I would encourage you to do it on your stories before you do it in your feed. We know that video feed, that video content in the feed actually doesn't get as great of engagement as static images or graphics in the feed. And that's just because Instagram was never a video platform in the feed, right? So the only way that video in the feed works really well is if you are consistently and pretty much exclusively creating video content for your feed. Otherwise, if you want to get into playing with video, stories are the way to make it happen. So take your your Facebook Live show, take your YouTube show, take your podcast and do some of the, the fun little graphics that represent the audio of what's being said on the podcast or do some cat videos, or even take a blog post and repurpose that into a just just literally a talking head video. You talking into your your camera for four or five videos into Instagram stories, just talking through the bullet points of a blog post. So that's the first thing: repurpose that content that you have other places online. I think another thing you can do is use takeovers. So leverage relationships that you may have in your industry, colleagues, friends, business friends, whomever, that you can invite them to take over your Instagram stories for a day. And if you're listening and you are, you know, with an agency or even a large business or corporation, you have an incredible opportunity to feature your employees, your team members, their stories, even your customers and clients by allowing them to create content for your Instagram stories. And then the last thing that Instagram story that allow you to do Instagram stories really effortlessly is relying on user generated content. And Instagram is making this even easier for us because now they're one of their latest features it allows you, if someone has tagged you in their story, you can very quickly and easily add that story from someone else to your own story. And they also just released a feature where you can actually add any post from Instagram, as long as it's not from a private account, you can add that to your own story as well. So as a brand or business, just going into your Instagram account for a few minutes a day and just sharing some of your customer or client posts where they've tagged you or even Insta stories where they've tagged you, thanking them for that mention, and then even pointing people to the product or service that they're enjoying or the podcast they're listening to. Those are great ways to that don't require you to create a ton of new content, but be really present on Instagram stories consistently. Okay, question. If I yeah. if I want to share a 60-second video that somebody posted on their Instagram account to my story, does that work because aren't stories only 15 seconds? Yeah, so so what you would do is you would actually go to the post from that user and there's a little airplane icon. You just tap on that icon and then share that post to your story. And what it's going to do is it's going to create a photo in your story that has their post in the center of the photo. And if a user were to tap on that, it would take them to the post that you Oh, it's like a shortcut almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, does it now, you know, a lot of people post square stuff. So how does that work in a story? Does it just have a black bar on the top and bottom? Yeah. So it'll actually pick up the most dominant color in the photo itself or the post itself. And it will create a background of that, of that color. And then just put that post right on top of it. So the upside is it gives that person kind of some love because it's going to that person's post, right? Exactly. The downside is they're leaving your story, right? 
that it yeah they are going to be leaving your story and they're going to be but, but the instagram does a really interesting thing where if you i don't know if you've ever noticed this but if you follow something from a story in instagram and you end up on another account or another post it actually they've actually removed the bottom bar that would get you back home. So the only way to get back home is to actually go back through the way you got there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's interesting. So I don't, you know, for maybe like a user design perspective, it's not that intuitive, but from a content perspective, it's kind of a win-win because that way you're actually not losing people out of your content that way. It's not like they're clicking away to something else. That's why, and you know, I don't even know if we'll have time to talk about this, but people are obsessed with the swipe up. They want 10,000 followers to get the swipe up. I don't think the swipe up is the solution to a lot of people's problems with marketing on Instagram. Why don't you tell everybody what the swipe up is just in case they don't know what that is? Totally. So the only, the only way to get a user out of Instagram onto a website is either without without the swipe up is through the link in your bio. Uh, Links and captions are not clickable. So a link in the bio has really forever been the only way to get someone off of Instagram. Recently, they introduced a swipe up in Instagram stories. You can add a link to an Instagram story that allows a user to swipe up and then access the URL. But you have to have 10,000 followers and a business account or? That's right. So it's only available to folks with verified accounts, which is, you know, done by the Instagram gods somewhere in Palo Alto. (laughs) Or... um, you have 10,000 followers in the business account. That's the only way to get that swipe up feature. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, I want to I want to zoom in on actually how to create stories because I know you have outside of those ideas you just mentioned with repurposing. I know that you have a unique style that you teach mm-hmm. and I would love to spend some time talking about this because I think that What's exciting about this is the idea of actually creating a real story, right? And and how to do that in a way that's exciting and captivating and all that kind of fun stuff. And I think I feel like that's what you're really good at. So you've got a method. Why don't you go ahead and tell us more about it? Yeah, I'd love to. So I call this the story arc method, but I want to I want I want you to go back with me for just a second and imagine you're sitting in probably fourth grade. Fourth grade classroom would work. Um, my fourth grade teacher, her name was Miss Burr. I loved her. Um, imagine you're sitting there and you are learning a language arts or English lesson for the day um, or whatever your native language may be. And you're probably learning at some point in grade school, elementary school, primary school, you're learning about how stories work, what goes into creating a story. And I can actually go back and imagine like, the blackboard, writing out uh, kind of the story arc on the board of what goes into a story. So that's what I follow for Instagram stories. I call it the story arc method. It's really simple when we think about it. And that's the fact that all good stories have beginnings, middles, and ends. Now, putting it into practice is where a lot of people get hung up. And the reason I created this, this whole method and why I teach it this way is I saw a lot of people creating Instagram stories, and they still do it now, and they're doing it from from without any kind of strategy or thought or purpose going into them. They're just doing it to do it, right? And I think a lot of people are are marketing on social in a way. They're just doing it to do it because it's a thing on the checklist or they're supposed to do it or the course they took told them to do it or their boss told them to do it. There's no strategy or purpose or intention behind it. So when we're creating Instagram stories with a story arc method, we want to have beginnings, middles, and ends. So what that looks like is at the beginning of every story, we're setting the tone for what the user is going to experience during that story itself. That can be a video where you clearly explain it. That can be text on the screen. That can be a boomerang of something with some writing 
writing on the screen. It can be anything, but that initial little bit of your story, that first slide in your story is doing the job of letting people know what they can expect. And it's also giving them an easy out at the very beginning. Because the key metric to look at with Instagram stories and how they're performing is your your viewer retention. So how many people are sticking around for the whole dang thing and are, are, and are going to really consume all that content? So that initial bit of the story where you're setting the tone is where you're letting them know what they're going to get. And if they, they're not into it, they can go ahead and swipe away. Can you give so an example? A, Totally. So a great example is I have a friend who is a a business coach and she does a lot of day in the life stories. So this is a great story to do if you're a personal brand or a lifestyle brand and you are selling selling the idea of a lifestyle to to your, your customer or client. So a day in the life story allows you to really do that feature of like, okay, this is what a day in my life looks like. This is how my life is this way because of the business I've built. And the beginning of the story would be today I'm doing a day in the life story or just a, you know, a photo of a cup of coffee with the words day in the life written on it, something like that, just to really set the tone. So people know, you know what? I do not want, I do not like day in the life stories. I'm going to swipe away or, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to watch this. I'm going to watch the whole thing. Perfect. Uh, can Let's talk about a couple other possible examples, just so people can like think about different varieties of ways they could do this. Yeah, definitely. So if you have, um, if you're doing a takeover, for example, you have someone on your account doing a takeover, making sure that first story is very engaging with the person doing it, that introduction that you're setting the tone, you're letting them know what they're going to experience. Or you can also, maybe if you're announcing a new product or even a new service, starting that first little bit of your story with something that represents the outcome of that product or service. Mm. Um, Even doing some of that, like imagining if, or how would it feel if, those types of posts at the very beginning of your story to get people engaged and to get them to watch through what you're going to share with them. Okay. Crazy question. Some yeah. stories, depending on, and when I say stories, I mean the broad sense of the phrase stories. Mm-hmm. Some stories start off with a little bit of intrigue and you don't know exactly where it's going. Other stories say, this is a tale about blah, blah, blah. Um, what's your thoughts about using intrigue and kind of getting people to kind of keep watching to discover what it's about? Does that work in Instagram stories? It totally works. It totally works. And here's where it works really well. Um, and I actually had a couple of people um, who who called me out on this recently because they said I was such a tease. It works really well in, uh, in leading people to some other type of content or some other form of content. Mm. So I do this a lot when I try, when I'm, I'm getting people to watch a Facebook live, I do a weekly Facebook live and I'll tease an idea or a concept and then send people to the Facebook live or the replay. Um, so that works really well or also, uh, requiring, not requiring, but telling people that if you want to know more, if you want to find out what happened, send me a direct message or just, you know, type Ah, tap right here and send me a DM. So, so you want to get that done in like 10 to 15 seconds, right? Yeah. So here's the thing about Insta Story. So each Insta Story, you're you're maxed out at about you know 14 seconds of video, um, and then the photos are going to stay for uh, I can't even remember. It's it's I think eight eight seconds is how long like a photo or a graphic is going to stay on the screen. A user can can hold on the screen. That'll pause what's happening if they need to read something. But yeah, you don't have a lot of time to do it. And then the other on the flip side too. I mean, you can add as many bits of a story as you want in a 24-hour period. There's no limit, but I like to limit myself to, at the at the most, maybe 12 segments of a story. So 12 different photos, videos, caption, you know, uh, graphics on my, whatever. Um, and that's about the most I'll do in a 24-hour period. Just 
because beyond that, people are going to lose interest and they're not going to stick around. Do you recommend, and I know I might be getting ahead of myself here, but do you recommend composing the entire story in one setting or to kind of spread it out over the period of hours? Great question. So it really depends on the story that you're telling. So if you are doing a like a process story is a great example. If you want to take your followers through the process of how your product is made or how your service is delivered, then having a story that takes a few hours is totally fine. What's important to think about is you need to have some content throughout the story that allows people to catch up if they didn't see the initial part of the story. Mm. So that's just a little caption at the bottom of the screen or a little reminder at the beginning saying, hey, just a reminder, today we're taking you in the factory or I'm taking you through this the sales process. And then you dive into it, having a couple of those throughout the story. That way people don't get lost in the process. Because but, um, because after 24 hours, those first couple clips drop off, right? Is exactly. That, yeah. 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 Got it. Um, okay. So keep going. You can, so like I'm a big fan of I do a lot of talking head videos because I don't know if you can tell Mike, but I love to talk. So <laughs> I will I will just sit and talk into my phone. Um, I don't do it for like hours on end because I don't even I, I don't even want to hear myself for that long. But I'll do, you know, five, six videos of me talking and put them on Insta stories. I'll do those all at one time. Um, or sometimes it'll be spread out throughout the day and I'll like take someone through a process or take someone through my day. But it really depends on the type of story you're telling and like what the point is that you're trying to get across. You can also, you know, create the content all throughout the day, save it and then upload it later. That's totally fine as well. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. It really depends on what you want to accomplish with that story, what you want your users to get out of that story itself. Um, a lot of people that might be new to stories might not be used to like getting their message done in that 12 or 15 seconds or whatever the heck it is. Is there a tool, like if we record on our phone in vertical video, is there a cool little tool that'll slice it up for us so that it won't appear strange that, you know, um, we're talking in 12 second or 14 second segments? Yes. So there's a uh, there's a free app called Story Splitter. I, it's free or it's a couple of bucks, but it's available in um, in the App Store on iPhone. I and I, I know there are apps out there for Android as well. So yeah, you just upload the video and it will cut it into the bite sized portions, and you can upload it all to your story. Do you do it that way, or do you have you gotten to the point where you know how to just talk in like 14 second segments? Oh, I can talk in a 14 second segment. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> it takes a little training, I would imagine, right? Doesn't it to know how to get it, those thoughts out and then be done with it? Or do you just pause at the right point and then keep going? It's just pausing at the right point. Yeah, and keep going. The thing that I'm at now, the, the place I'm at now is I have to stop myself from starting every story with the word so. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the only thing that I haven't quite figured out yet. And they don't let you crop them right? They don't know whatever you, you can record it externally and put it in. Um, if it's longer than the time limit, it's going to crop it at the end. And then if you record it in Instagram, whatever you record is what you can have, what you can send. If you mess it up, you delete it and do it again, which I do about 14 times a day. Okay. So back to your story arc. So we've been talking about the beginning. Is there anything more about the beginning that we want to talk about before we move on to the middle? The, so the really important thing here about the beginning is you don't want to start a story halfway through a process or experience without any context to go along with it. And I see a lot of people doing this where 
and I don't know their thought process, but what goes on in my mind is I see a story start in the middle of someone's day or in the middle of a process or in the middle of some experience. And what I think is that they think, oh, I should put this on Instagram stories. So they just start sharing it right then. Well, as a user, I have no context for what I'm watching or what I'm experiencing. And you haven't told me why it's important to me. So I'm just going to swipe away and I'm going to ignore you. And why this is why this is kind of dangerous over time is because then I'm going to learn that your content is all, I'm always going to be confused when I start viewing your story. I'm always going to be lost because you haven't given me any context to what I'm experiencing. So guess what? I'm just going to stop watching your stories altogether and I'm going to forget about you. So that's the other important thing here. That's why this beginning, and I know folks may be listening and they're like, yeah, this is so simple. Have the beginning of your story, but you don't realize that so much of social media is about habits and how we infuse ourselves into our followers' habits. And if we aren't ensuring that we are giving them context at the beginning, they're going to develop a habit where they just ignore our stories and eventually they could just ignore our content and then we lose the opportunity to serve them through our product or service. So I'm going to be at a conference next week called VidCon Mm -hmm. and I was planning on doing lots of story stuff while I'm there. I would imagine I could just start by saying, hey, folks, I'm here at VidCon, and over the next couple of days, I'm going to be sharing little parts of my experience while I'm here, or maybe some thought leaders and what they think about what's going on here. Would that be a good enough intro? That would be great. And then what I would encourage you also to do is every day, so this is kind of a little bit a little bit before, but every day you want to close out that story itself. Uh, you want to you want to wrap it up that day. And then the next day, even if it's just a, a photo of your your Starbucks or a picture of a Danish or a picture of the sunrise or a boomerang of a I don't know, a boomerang of a dancing dog, whatever, and you write on the screen day two VidCon. Ah, I see. Like that. Got it, got it, got it. That way it. I know. That way I have that context of okay, now we're on to day two. I can't wait to see what else he's going to show me today. Perfect. All right, good. So we've got the beginning part. Talk to me about the middle part. Okay. So this is really important here because this is where having intention with what you're doing comes into play. And it's remembering that everything we're doing on social, and I'm a big believer in this, everything we're doing on Instagram or Instagram stories is really about our followers. Even when we're promoting our products or services that we're trying to sell, it's still about them at the end of the day. So Whenever I am creating my content for Insta Stories, I'm always thinking about how it's going to do the work of connecting with my followers in whatever way I want to connect with them. Maybe I do want to sell something. So how am I going to position my product? Maybe I want to educate them. So how am I going to teach them in a way that gets them ready for my product? Maybe I want to inspire them with my own story. So how am I going to do that in a way that sets the tone for the lifestyle that they can live by purchasing my product? All of those things. So that all happens in the middle, in the meat of the story. And that's what really comes into play that your story needs to either educate, inspire, or entertain your followers. Those are really the three big things that you should focus on doing. And if you aren't creating content that is doing one of those three things, you really need to think about the purpose of the content itself and and not just creating content to create content. So in the middle part, that's where you're going to either take someone through a process, take them on an experience like your VidCon video. I mean, you're taking someone through the experience of being at VidCon if they can't be there themselves or educating them with thought leaders or inspiring them about creating video for their own business. So making sure it's really valuable, really meaty and not just doing it to do it. So that's really the main focus of the middle and making sure that things build on one another, that whatever you have in that second part of the story complements what's happening next. And if you do have, so I'll, I'll have maybe a day's worth of stories that I post in my feed and 
they're kind of all over the place because it's, you know, I'm at my desk today, then a little bit later today, I'm going to do this. And then a little bit later, I have this call or this experience. I'm making sure that there is some kind of continuity to the story. So people know like when this is happening time-wise or when this is happening in my day or why this is important to them, ensuring that you're, you're always creating that content with that intention is really, really important here. Um, do you recommend using stickers to somehow indicate time of day or the fact that this is part of an ongoing story instead of having to say it every time? What are your thoughts on that? Totally. Yeah. I'm a big fan of throughout the middle part of the story, diversifying your content and then making the content interesting. So not just doing all video or all pictures, uh, weaving in boomerangs, doing videos, doing photos, doing text on the screen. And the coolest thing about this, and I'm a, I'm a big proponent of not not trying to perfect and brand Instagram stories. I know a lot of folks do it and it drives me crazy because that's not what it's for. And the other side of the thing, the other side of it is the fact that Instagram gives you pretty much every tool you need right there. You can do text, you can do boomerangs, hyperlapses, GIFs. video, yeah, everything right there, right there on Instagram. So diversifying your content and then also adding those fun little features, the time of day stamps, location, location and hashtag stamps are really huge. That's going to help you get more exposure and, and get you more views on your story. So yes, adding all those features so people can really follow along with what's happening is a really great thing to do. I've heard people say that you can add hashtags and kind of change the colors and just kind of hide them. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, you totally can. So I'll say this about um, hashtags and locations on stories. I think they're great. It gets you a lot of views. It's not, I don't see that as a growth strategy. And I think that's where a lot of folks get caught up with the vanity metrics of, yeah, well, look, this one story, I got, you know, I had 500 more views than I normally do because I added this hashtag or this location. Mm -hmm. But that's not really converting to anything. You know, if you actually watch stories and hashtags or locations to get to the user's profile that share that story, you can only get to it by tapping on their profile photo. And I don't know about you, but I got some chubby thumbs. So trying to tap on that profile photo to get to their profile is something that is, it is, it's not very intuitive sometimes. So getting those extra views is great, but if you're just doing it to get the views, it's not really going to do anything for you in the long run. So do it, but know that it may not really uh, lead to anything for you in terms of Instagram growth or necessarily business growth. So when we're when we're doing a day in the life or we're at an event and we have no idea what's going to happen next, I would imagine we should always be looking for opportunities to potentially add something to our story. Is that right? Totally. Yeah. As long as it's a value to your followers, yeah, always be on the lookout for something to share. And I would imagine, you know, if the opportunity doesn't present itself, then you could just you could just kind of look at the screen and do a little bit debrief about your day, right? And maybe walk and talk while you're doing it. Or what's your thoughts 100%. on that? Yeah, 100%. Anything that you can do to keep people continuing to consume that content and to keep them coming back. And that's where it's really important to start playing around with things like polls using, you know, there's two polling options. There's like a, an AB poll and there's also a slider poll in Instagram stories, um, using calls to action to send people to a direct message. That's you can really start doing those different strategies to get that engagement. And, you know, I see success on Instagram is all about layering engagement habits with our followers. And one of the easiest ways to start getting engagement is through, through those polls on your Instagram story. Because if you can just get someone tapping a response or sliding a slider on your Instagram story, 
it's so much easier to get them to like your post and then comment and then direct message you and then follow you off of Instagram. So that's where you can start playing with those other features and start having conversations with people. Now, you may have already alluded to this, but the end of the of the, the story arc method, what, what do we need to know about that? Yeah, so it's all about wrapping this thing up in a way that is building anticipation for what's next and that has a clear call to action. What do you want people to do from today's story? So you can do this where you lead them to a post in your feed. You know, a really great example of this is maybe if you make a product, you can have the finished product in your feed and you can say in the caption, go check out my Instagram story to see how this product is made. And then in your Instagram story, you say, go check out the latest post in our feed to see the finished product. So having that kind of creating that feedback loop within your Instagram account itself. So having that clear call to action at the end is really important. And it could just be setting the tone for what's next, like tune in tomorrow for day two of VidCon or come back tomorrow and I'll share this next lesson or make sure you check back tomorrow and I'm going to show you this fun adventure I'm going on, something like that. So always closing it out. And the reason this is important is because our brains cannot handle a cliffhanger without some kind of resolution, right? Like we just can't, we can't handle it. So again, this is all about building those good, those good viewing habits, those good engagement habits in our followers. And if we are creating stories and then we have no conclusion, then again, they're going to learn, well, I'm never going to know how their story ends or they're never going to finish it or they don't, or even worse than that, they never finish what they start, right? So I'm just going to not, I'm not going to watch their story again. So that's why it's always important to wrap it up. And especially if you're doing, if you're going to do, if you're going to be an everyday story user, having that conclusion at the end of the day, and then having something that sets the tone for the next day is really important just so your followers can understand what's happening. And I would imagine at least wrapping up with some sort of summary of what you did for the day or what the lessons were that were learned, depending on what kind of stories you're doing, would be better than nothing, right? Am I correct totally. in that regard? Yeah. Because maybe you don't know what the heck you're going to do tomorrow, so to tease that, it might not be wise. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Um, and it can always just be a thanks for following along, you yeah. know, just to thank you at the end yeah. of the story. That's totally Do you want to ask... I mean, the only way someone can see your story is if they're following you. No, they can discover you, right? Can't they? Depending on if you're using hashtags and stuff. So they may not necessarily be a follower. Is that right? That's right. So they can discover you. The one thing that that happens is Instagram, uh, Instagram serves hashtagged Instagram story and, and uh, geotagged Instagram story content in a way that's not super, it's not always super intuitive for the viewer if they if they're not seeing the whole story. So like if you put a hashtag on every single piece of your story for the day. So for example, if you put hashtag VidCon on every single story, Instagram is probably only going to serve maybe one, two, maybe three pieces of your story in the hashtag story. It's not going to show your whole story. Got it. So your content's going to be mixed in with other users. So that's why I said, so hashtagging and geotagging your content is great. It does get you more views, but it doesn't necessarily lead to more discovery or growth in your following. Most of the people that most of the people that are watching your story probably are following you already. Is that a safe assumption? Definitely. Or folks who just found you for the first time and who are checking, checking out. out what's happening. Very yeah. cool. Now how do we how do we know this is working? How do we analyze our story? Totally. Okay. So um, the the retention is really one of the key stats I track. So uh, how many people are starting my story? How many people are still left at the end? That is letting me know that my content is resonating. It's clicking with someone. And you can tell the that other, whether you have a business account or not, right? You just look at the number of viewers. 
Exactly. Yeah. The business account is going to give you more in-depth insights at the story level as far as swipe aways, exits, people who go back, people who engage with the story in some way. But even without a business account, you can see how many people viewed your story. Um, and then there are also a, a ton of great third-party tools that give you even more Instagram insights, including Instagram story insights. So that's the first thing to look at. The other thing that I look at, and this is a personal preference, but really I'm at a point with what I do on Instagram where the stat that I'm using most to measure my success is direct messages. I'm really looking at how many direct messages I'm getting on a, on a regular basis and then how I can leverage direct messages to continue to push people to my products and to have them join my community in a more intentional way. So if you're, listen, if you're a huge brand or a huge business, I know the DMs get unmanageable and that may not be a figure for you. So maybe it is utilizing the swipe up and, and measuring the traffic you're getting from Instagram. But I tell you, if you can, if you can leverage direct messages and have a concentrated direct message strategy, it's going to get you a heck of a lot further on Instagram than any other strategy. What's your thoughts on going from Instagram to Facebook stories? You know, that's interesting. I, for me, Facebook stories are a definite wait and see kind of thing right now. I, they, make, I, they certainly make it easy. They almost encourage you to do that. But totally. some of the functionality just isn't there on Facebook, right? Like the hashtags aren't activated, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. a lot of other stuff. But it certainly seems like, like for example, with Social Media Examiner, we have a pretty huge following on Facebook. So we do mm -hmm. publish to both just because... We're not sure exactly how many people are watching it on Facebook, but it seems like <laughs> we don't know where that data is, but we're doing it just because we can. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but I hear you on the wait and see thing. So, you know, tell me more. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I think it's just uh, recognizing the user culture of the platforms and it's, it's a vastly different culture on Instagram than Facebook. Right. And, and I think, I, I don't know if the Facebook user is. I, some of them definitely are because you know there's there's they're shared on both platforms. I don't know if the Facebook user is the is a story viewer. I think they're more of the long form video content viewer that we've been so conditioned to on Facebook. Um, now I will tell you, Mike, because I, I know you and I have had this conversation recently. I just figured out how to find Facebook story insights. I just figured it out yesterday. <laughs> oh really? Well, tell us. That, tell us how. Yeah. You have to turn it on. So this was, it's not very intuitive. You have to dig into your Facebook page insights. And then over on the left, they're going to give you a stories option. And then you can turn on stories insights. Really? So it's not super intuitive. Yeah. I just discovered this recently. Wow. Um, so, and you know, when I've done Facebook stories before, I get maybe a couple of dozen views, whereas an Instagram story will get a few thousand views for me. Wow. So it's just that it's a different user base. But you know, for something like Social Media Examiner, you have so many, so many fans on Facebook that heck, maybe you're gonna get a ton more views there than you do on Instagram. But you are right in that, you know, hashtags don't work, user accounts aren't clickable. So that's the only downside, right? If you're adding all these features to an Instagram story and then you share it to Facebook, most of those things are stripped out of the Facebook story itself. So right. that that's kind of the only downside. But I, I'll wait and see how it turns out. Do okay. One last question: Do, yeah. When we're looking at our stories, and let's just see, we say a huge drop off between one clip to the next. Do you make? Does it make sense sometimes to to delete that clip? What's your thoughts on that? 
Ooh, great question. You know, I I typically leave it up, and because I want to I want to figure out what it is that happened because it could have been there's so many things it could have been time of day right. it could have been a shift in the content and I'm a big fan on Instagram itself is I I pretty much never delete content the most I'll ever do is I may archive a post in my feed if it didn't perform as well as I'd hoped and then I repost it later on um, but I I pretty much never delete content because I want to have access to, and Instagram makes it really easy to archive posts now. So I, I always want to have access to that information and that data so I can always learn how I can continue to create better content for my followers. All right. You just made me ask one more question on the archiving yeah, side of things. Please. Should we, is there, should we archive everything just in case um, we want to use it somewhere else or what are your thoughts on that? So your Instagram stories are going to, they're going to be auto archived. So after the 24 hours is up, they expire, they go into your Instagram story archive. So you can always pull those back out later. You can actually add those as highlights on your profile. So this is a newer feature on Instagram, Instagram story highlights, which is a really incredible feature for making some of your Instagram stories evergreen. Um, I'm a big fan in the feed itself. If it performs well, if it gets the engagement that I typically am looking for, which I know my engagement rates, what I'm looking for, if it gets it, it stays. And we have, you know, if it has good conversation, if it doesn't, it gets archived and I may try repurposing the photo. I may try repurposing the caption or the entire post at a different time or a different day. Wow. Well, Tyler, I mean, I could have asked you 10,000 more questions, but I can clearly <laughs> see we're out of time. So what I would like, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for um, sharing your awesome insight with us. Please tell everyone where they can find out more about you and all the cool stuff you've got going on. Yeah. So you'll be surprised to learn the best place to find me is on Instagram at Tyler J. McCall. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a direct message. Let me know what questions you have from today's episode. I'd be happy to help. And I'm online at tylerjmccall.com and also follower to fansociety.com. That's my membership community where we talk all about Instagram marketing, all this good stuff. Yeah. And we should mention McCall is spelled M-C-C-A-L-L, right? That's right. Double yes. C in there. Tyler J. McCall, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, like I said, amazing insights with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast episode. If there was anything we mentioned and you missed it, visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 311. Also, hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast. If you've been a regular listener, I would love a rating and or review. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash Apple. I think also socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. Either one of those would be awesome. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.